0: The Athletic I'm sorry, you can
1: sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know Oh!
0: It tame and tame and tame again. Break up the music! Charger
2: glass! This nation is going to dance all night! Madcap, but somehow still oddly reliable goalkeepers, towering bald centre backs, the Victor Moses conundrum, 11 Ever Benegas, a randomly selected mononymous character from Guess Who, Hancock coursing through the veins of Kevin Gamero, and of course, Unai Emery. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés and the pure Europa League eleven. Right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for just £3.49 a month, that's 30% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod to take advantage of this special discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 95 of the Football Clichés Podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me, first of all, is Jack Pitbrook. Very important question
3: for you ahead
2: of this podcast, Jack. What is your view of the UK meat industry's performance during the pandemic? Well...
3: I haven't listened to the bit of the podcast that you're talking about, but I have read the interview with Kevin Keegan, so I can't pretend that I'm not in on the joke, I'm afraid.
2: <laughs> Fine, just wanted to get it out there, just, just to um, ring a little bit more humour out of that podcast. Anyway, alongside you for the Europa League eleven, the pure Europa League eleven is James Moore, James, this isn't too niche, is it? Because I think this is a fascinating layer of the footballing bedrock.
1: No, the Europa League is as big a competition as the Champions League, right? It's just they all con- concentrated into one day of the week. But that that Thursday night is a joyous time for millions of people right across Europe. Yeah. Administratively,
2: it is the same size as the Champions League. So Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, fine. Yeah, it requires the same effort to run the competition. So I completely agree. So we're going to get into the, into the kind of uh, foundations of this first. We'll run through the team and we have plenty of excellent suggestions from our listeners. But I I do want to indulge you both in a very, very brief adjudication panel because this has just been put in front of me from Paddy Sisyphus. James, he says he was watching EFL on Quest and pundit Joby McEnough described a goal by Connor Washington as Connor Washington-esque. Not sure that's allowed. <laughs>
1: I have absolutely no concept of what a Connor Washington-esque goal would be, unfortunately. It's but no, I'm not early, I'm not sure. He? Surely it's a trademark Connor Washington goal. That's mm. surely the phrase he's looking for there, right? Yeah. It's for the, it's Are the we talking idea, about Jack? the player? Yeah. Um, I mean,
2: I, I, see, I can understand where the logic came from, Jack. It's I, just the idea of a player just about doing an impression of himself, which I quite like.
3: I respect like the commitment to... To doing punditry well, that you would know the trademarks of players that you know, far down the league. So yeah, I'm I'm all behind, all for that one. The only thing I can think of is is if Connor Washington has reinvented
1: himself to become a completely different player and then done something that was an echo of his kind of original iteration,
2: but not enough to roll
1: back the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, because he's probably not old enough, is he? So probably uh, not.
2: Okay. No. Well, maybe we'll let Joey McInnough off. Off. Right. Let's talk about what we're gonna do here Jack we're aiming for a precise sub-genre of player as always and this is a very interesting one in the context of all the ones we've done before I feel like it's a continental hybrid of the pure Barclays 11 in spirit the too good for the championship not good enough for the Premier League 11
3: in principle
2: and also our transfer room is 11 in terms of personnel it's very similar kind yeah. of type of player so this is a very interesting 11 I think
3: yeah so I think I think to be a classic Europa player so one you need to have played a lot in the Europa League and you need to have played well in it. But you can't be a great player. You know, we had some r- genuinely great players in our Champions League 11. People like Ned Ved or Raul. No place for these guys here. You know, if you were that, if if you were that good, you'd be playing in the Champions League. The Europa League is slightly different. Also, we need players who kind of represent the essence of the Europa League, which to me is technical skill, slightly mad and silly, like prone to doing silly and stupid stuff like bad tackles, Ridiculous skills. Uh, I don't, you know, don't want to give the game away, but Ricardo Quaresma type player, perhaps, who you know had to have had a very storied career in the Europa League himself. So yeah, that's it. It's both presence in the Europa League, also like presence at different clubs. Like it, this isn't a place for one club guys. I think it's more. I think we need guys who've jumped around between various different teams, but always stayed within that kind of Europa League milieu. So that's That's, kind, yeah, that's what I'm aiming right. for.
2: And that's okay. that's quite a difficult thing to do in a career. Well, if anything, it's a very good career, so yeah, fair play to great. them. And um, a great life. Yeah. Being a Europa League player, it would be fantastic. Yeah. James, there's a inherent possibility here that we could end up, at least from my perspective, with eleven players I've spent the last decade reading about on Twitter in almost subliminal instalments. Yes. And yet could I'm, not pick out in a lineup if you put them in front of me.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's right. It's very much there's gonna be a lot of players here who are those kind of perennially linked with Premier League clubs. Yes. Uh, faceless, fa- faceless, faceless names that you see on the back pages, or or, or you know on the, uh, uh, say in Twitter rumors. I disagree slightly with Jack in that I, I think there will be. I will. I mean, I'm going to mention a, a player who played a centre back for one of the English sort of less glamorous English teams. Slightly actually before your Open League era, which maybe is another issue we need to talk about in a second. Yeah, I'm not sure it's necessarily all going to be kind of exciting players who had the kind of ability to go viral, which is, I guess, is kind of what you're alluding no, to. No, I there. don't really want to we I, want get too we've got I think there's got to be some players who are basically not good enough for the Champions League and would never play in the Champions League. But in this competition, maybe do you have the opportunity to, quote unquote, go deep? Yes. Right, yeah, yeah. Yes, very good. Actually,
2: I mean, you, I presume you were skirting close to mentioning the name Chris Riggott there, Jeff. That's right, yeah, that is correct. Uh, which takes Obviously. us to an important technical point because, Jack, to, listener Tom Love writes in and says, strictly no English players allowed, which is a very interesting perspective because, in terms of British representation, at least, I don't think of the Europa as a particularly British thing. I, I think of this kind of as a kind of shop window for the rest of Europe. Even though English teams have gone quite well in it, you mm. know,
3: we've had, what, three English winners in the last 10 years? Yeah, very isolated. Isolated, Three, it, though yeah I think off the top of my head so I haven't got any English players in mind although in the last few seconds I am starting to consider changing that you um, want Chris Riggott, mate you know what it's a different Chris who I'm thinking of okay okay well we'll leave it there we'll, we'll come back we'll to come that back to soon
2: this. some elephants in the room however James I know that everyone listening here is thinking Sevilla and yes thank you to Ryan Benson who just sent the entire lineup of Sevilla players from at least one of the finals they won. Very clever. But we're going to be sparing with our Europa League monopolising a Rocky Blanco aces, I think, today. So, as I said to Jack um, earlier, I, I would settle for a spine if that's how it turns out, but I don't want a team full of Sevilla. Um, players that's that's been done to death. We when it comes to the manager that may be inescapable. Um, but yeah, we need to we need to share this out because the Europa League is otherwise quite a democratic thing. I mean, yes, it might be dominated by one club in terms of winning it, James, but it's, it's a nice even spread. is basically what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, the other thing I would say is that a lot of those Sevilla players have kind of popped up at other clubs playing in the competition over the course of the last decade. So actually, it's kind of unavoidable. You know, when we did uh, uh, what was the team we did the other week with all the, with all the Wigan players. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sevilla are basically like the sort of uh, continental wigan, right? Oh that's kind of how it works.
2: <laughs> oh no, it's Middlesbrough upset all over again. Um yeah, we could we could we can investigate that. Um final final point to make. Um the Europa League Jack, or the UEFA Cup. Um are responsible for one of my favourite football chants in terms of its poise, in terms of its its spirit, its sentiment, which is Thursday night's channel five a genuinely great all-time football chant I don't care if it's now obsolete um because the, the fact that it's obsolete and still still rings true is is, is really good um it, it's so good of course that it it has a wikipedia page for itself and football chants on wikipedia pages are great because they're so matter-of-fact. So Jack, let me read you out the intro for Thursday night's Channel 5. It is an English football chant to the tune of Tom Hark. It is mainly sung to antagonise supporters of the other team for playing in or dropping into the UEFA Europa League, which until 2012 was carried domestically on Channel 5 with the Prime League slot on Thursday evenings the chant developed and is used to insinuate that the team it is aimed at is playing in a less prestigious competition to the
3: UEFA Champions League perfectly summed up I love it what I love so much about that is imagine trying to explain it to someone who has like never lived in the UK for example I don't know I imagine we probably have some American listeners to this podcast if so uh, well Channel 5 was what a channel channel that launched in about 1998 and was famous mainly for showing like very violent films and pornography (laughs) (laughs) And bad game shows. And um, yeah, it's a a long way from the kind of the sort of prestige of BBC or even ITV. Mm. Yes, quite right. Um, But interesting, the
2: development of this chant, James, as Wikipedia quite rightly states, it it is used to gently antagonise... People for their current club status But Channel 5, in a quite quaint, charming move Reclaimed yeah, it for themselves yeah. Stan Collymore It's a, a and, uh, historic piece of television I've got a clip for you, actually night,
0: Channel 5 Thursday nights, Channel 5 Channel 5
1: Thursday nights Five. Stand <laughs> they're back. They're back. They're
3: back. All right. Next time, Jim. decorum. Decorum again. <laughs> Football. Football. Uh, Brief thoughts on the match ahead.
1: I mean, that's the moment that that chant probably jumped the shark, isn't it? I feel like that Maybe, uh, yeah. they had kind of reclaimed that in a way that possibly took the power away from it. Yeah. Well, I mean, swiftly after that, Jack, ITV got the rights, or rather, we,
2: to be rather more specific, ITV4. Is it odd that the chant didn't? Evolve.
3: ITB4 would just about fit. Yeah. In. So it was too, one maybe slightly too many syllables. So maybe it would work. I, I just it requires I,
2: a person to actually, you know, actually engineer the, coordinate
3: it, and it's just not going to happen, mm. is it? it?
1: It feels like something the three of us all would have tweeted in about 2012, by the way.
3: Yes, definitely. I just love the, 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 the use of the verb antagonise in this, because it gives me the image <laughs> of, like, a bunch of, I don't know, Arsenal or Tottenham fans being forcibly held back... <laughs> by stewards in their fury at being reminded that they were playing on Channel 5 instead of on ITV. Well, of course, Ashley Cole famously um,
2: shouted it at Manchester City players after their exit from the Champions League in 2000-something or other. Um, So it it, it definitely became a weapon. Um, Final point on this, um, listener Sam James writes and says, technically not a player, but I just want to nominate Matt Smith.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's spot on, actually, isn't it? That really is.
2: Yeah, Europa League highlights. What a gentle piece of football television that was. OK, let's get into it. This is the pure Europa League eleven. We start, of course, James, with the goalkeeper. Um, who is the Europa League's Igor Akinfeev?
1: well having said we didn't want to go all in on Sevilla I am going to name a Sevilla goalkeeper first up but obviously you know, it's your, it's your shout you can omit him if you wish mm. uh, Andreas Palop mm. who was a Sevilla goalkeeper in uh, 2006 and two, 2007 which is obviously as we know is pre uh, pre-Europa League Jack's face now looking at. is this not pure enough for you
3: not you UEFA Cup because podcast it's pre- games.
1: <laughs> it's the Europa League it's, podcast. It's just a renaming, mate. I don't, don't, don't The transition
3: period is an important point. It's very You wouldn't I claim, think claim the pre- a pre nineteen ninety two player as a Barclays Premier League player.
1: No, but I feel like the lines here are way more blurred. Dixie Dean, Barclays. Like a, <laughs> did Andres Palop play in the Europa League? Ah, uh, do, do you want me to check his Wikipedia? Of course now? he did. Surely he did. I would have thought so. Um, Listen to Jack he, Pierce. He scored a goal. He scored a goal in like a sort of last sixteen game, and then saved three penalties in the final. Wonderful! That's perfect. And he yeah. set Severe on their way to win the competition ten times in the how many times it is ten times in the next twelve years. I work yeah, with quite degrees. right. Listener Jack Pierce writes and says:
2: Andreas Palop, Sevilla's madcap but also reliable keeper during the transition from UEFA Cup to Europa League.
1: He he he's up there. Well, he, you could argue then he made he maybe he made the Europa League what it was. His you know we talk about how the Premier League was formed and all the stuff that happened. You know uh, Michael Thomas scoring that goal at Anfield and whatever else being part of a decision to form the Premier League. How do you know that Andreas Palop's headed goal against? I think it was against Shakhtar actually. Uh, and then his free penalty saves in the final weren't a big part of the decision to rebrand it to the Europa League. Very, very, very. Where would, would Hancock be without Andreas Palot? <laughs> Jack.
2: <laughs> okay, so we, we have a solid name to start with. Jack, I offer you a couple of quick fire names: Kevin Trapp, I don't even know who he is. And Helton. Helton, oh, yeah. Ex auto yeah, yeah. goalkeeper Helton, who won the Europa League in 2011, and one of his Wikipedia photos is of him looking slightly uncomfortable during a blizzard. Before Europa League game against Rapid Vienna in December two thousand and ten, which is which is pure Europa League image as a frozen snapshot of the of the experience.
3: Yeah, when I was doing my research, I think I do. I think I would recognise Helton if I saw him. Didn't he wear Mm. pajama like pajama bottoms, which is quite a classic, quite a classic Europa League look. Um, When I was doing research earlier, the name Beto kept coming up. Ah, that's good. uh, Formerly of Porto, very very Europa League career. Porto, Braga, Sevilla, Sporting. I think played for two of the Sevilla finals. I think he would have been in goal when they beat Benfica on pens in 2015. So in some sense, he's got a great he's got a great Europa track record. At the same time, if I saw him in the street, I would have no idea who he was. And if somebody had asked me yesterday who was in goal for Sevilla when they beat Benfica on pens in 2015, I would not have said better. I would have said. I don't know somebody else. Well, this is this is a sensational start. This is so really good. He's got good. that kind of name. He's got that kind of like I don't want to say namelessness, anonymity, which is a part of being a Europa League guy. I think.
2: Well, I've thought about this. Um, I've weighed up Andres Palops' era-spanning influence. I thought about Beto's facelessness, but it's Helton's tracksuit bottoms that wins it for me. So Helton is our goalkeeper. He's won the Europa League. There's something slightly erratic looking about him because of the trousers, but I'm convinced he's had at least one game where he's foiled and thwarted a big side. So Helton is our number one. Don't worry, I will let you have at least one player each into this 11. Let's go to right back now, Jack. Straight straight away, given that he missed out on our pure Champions League 11, so I feel like we almost owe it to him. And as Dara Morrissey says, very useful for set pieces, Dario Serna.
3: Yeah, I was I was torn between Dario Serna and Jesus Navas. Uh, Navas is kind of a converted right back, but did play there in the 2020 Europa League final, which Sevilla won, and also has the kind of UEFA Cup track records that James was pointing out. Serna, I don't know, I just I'd just rather have a specialist right back. I think Serna, I think Shakhtar, Shakhtar is somehow both the team I associate as a classic Champions League team and a classic yeah. Europa League team. Yeah. Um, he was I don't think I can't remember Shat, so Shakhtar, I don't know how Cerner's played in the Europa League, but he would have played hundreds of games. They got to the final didn't they once, to was it two thousand and nine? Oh, they won. Yeah, it, the they? last one. Didn't they lose the last final to Werder Bremen or did they beat no, I Bremen? I think they won. I think they won. Was that the last ever UEFA Cup? But by
1: your by your pathetic metrics, it doesn't count because it was pre Europa.
3: Yeah, indeed. But they did. So Chantal did get to semis of the Euro of the Europa in 2016. He's also he's he just like quite an interestingly distinctive player. Played through his 30s, really good at set pieces, and yeah, great player, icon of the game. He's my right back. Oh, sorry, I, had been, Navas. I had I'm a Navas, sorry, I thought it was. I thought
2: you'd, you'd, you'd very gradually changed your mind in no, this space no. five-minute monologue. That's fine. Navas <laughs> is a very good shout and an unexpected one for me. But James,
1: let's hear what you've got. Well, can I give you another sort of repurposed winger into a, into a fullback? Uh, and this guy, I, I think this guy's first 50 matches for Chelsea were all in the Europa League, uh, which is some stretch given they've only been in it twice. Victor Moses... Just oh, feels okay, incredibly Europa League yeah, I, don't think, I just don't think he played any Premier League games for Chelsea in that early part of his time there. But he played mm. loads in that run to the final in 2013. Did I felt like he probably yes. played almost every game. And he's popped up. I think he must have played for Liverpool in the Europa League when he was there. You know, I'm sure Stoke he played for other in clubs. Mm. in the Europa League? No, not sure no, about that one. Surely not. But sure. I mean, where else has he been? Like Fenerbahce? Was he at Fenerbahce? I tell you what. I If like Victor Moses played, played for Stoke in the Europa League, he definitely did. My my instinct says he did. It was earlier than that, Stoke in your ankle league, wasn't it?
2: Oh, no, wait. 11-12. 14-15, don't think so, not sure. I, I still like it as a shout. Um, the, only th- the only Have you got any other names for us, James? Do
1: I need another name after Victor Moses?
3: I'm the only sure thing
2: I've got is for you is Vedran Choluka.
3: Ooh,
1: uh, Yeah, that's really good. Uh, look, I, I'm conscious that uh, at least one person has complained about me talking about Spurs too much on this podcast, so I'm going to be very careful.
2: Well, we've got to be careful of being too severe, that's all. That is
3: true. The Moses, Victor Moses too- didn't pay
1: for severe, so it's fine. Are we happy with Victor Moses?
3: Moses over Serna. Yeah, let's go for Moses over Serna. Victor Moses. Okay,
2: I feel like this is the one that people are going to go, nah, not having it, but don't care. Um, That's what happens with these lineups. We're up against the clock at the end of the day. Um, Left back I found quite problematic, Jack. Not many options until Joseph Doherty came out of the gloom with Razvan Rat. Correct. Uh, Spun it with Shakhtar in 2009. Seemed like he was there forever. Getting knocked out by Sevilla and Marseille in the last eight.
3: That's yeah. That's good. I um uh. That's pretty better than the one the kind of unimaginative one I had, which is Alberto Moreno, who I think really encapsulates like being good enough for Europa League, having won it with Sevilla and then this year with Villarreal, and then also being like quite clearly not good enough for like a properly good yeah, team. That's, as shown yeah, by the fact that he was rubbish for Liverpool over the years. So, do you know what really annoyed me about Alberto
2: Moreno? On the back of his shirt uh, was written Alberto M. That's fine; you can have it however you like. But the dot was before the M. That's no one it... and no one has ever no one ever explained it to me, and I don't know why. So, uh, do you think
1: the Premier League or Liverpool should have explained that to you personally? I,
2: I I believe someone should have you know offered some sort of logical explanation why it was the case. But certainly at Liverpool, the dot was before the M, and I don't know why. But yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy with Raz
1: van Brand. Yeah, Just he...
2: James is. Very enthusiastic reception
1: team. He he feels more on the Europa end of the Shakhtar spectrum than Cerna to me. I think think that works really nicely. You've got to have Shakhtar in there and I think he's the perfect man. Um, uh, Just going back very
2: slightly, producer Dave, uh, with three exclamation marks, says he cannot believe that Victor Moses has been chosen at right-back. I am slightly concerned. I am slightly concerned about Victor Moses, about the reception we might get. Does he have a breadth of Europa League... Legacy that we're
1: looking for. Do we? Do we really want Hazers Navas instead? How many? I mean, what's it? How many times has Navas played at right back? I mean, I know. I know. You know, M- Moses is really a wing back rather than a right back. But you know, I'm struggling. Maybe we'll make a late call on that. But uh, I'm torn. I'm torn. Anyway, we've got our flying
2: fullbacks, uh, Victor Moses and Razvan Rat. Um, let's look at our centre halves. Jack um, Ian Woodcock says if Benfica's Luizao isn't the captain of this team. Dot dot dot, and then doesn't offer what the consequences will be. Um, But I am already convinced. uh, Listener Sam also says Luis Al from Benfica at centre back. I saw him score two against Tim Sherwood Spurs at White Hart Lane, which just feels like a very Europa thing to do. And he missed out on your transfer rumours
3: eleven, so you owe him. Is Luis Al the shoe in that he says he is? Uh, Yeah. Well, I also. Scored a pen, I think, in the 2015 final when Benfica lost to Sevilla. I I don't have him in my team, but I think he's a really good suggestion. I've gone for a different a different member of that Benfica back four, the kind of permanently linked with Manchester United, Ezekiel Garay. <laughs> ah, Garay <laughs> I don't lost. Think we had him in the room as eleven. I'm not lost sure we two did. Europa finals with Benfica. Also played for Zenit in Petersburg and Valencia, who I think are very Europa-y teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing for Zenit really elevates it.
1: That is, yeah, Guray's got going. I do like that. So I've that.
3: got Guray, but I think Luisao is a great suggestion too. Okay, James, hit me. Uh,
1: well, I mean, I had Luisao and uh, Chris Rigger, as you know. I mean, Rigger, I, 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 can't, I can't look past him now. I, I, there's something, there's something so romantic about the idea of this guy who, you know, all of other's Middlesbrough's middle other centre backs then would have been what uh, Southgate and Eggeog, you know, England internationals of the time or just before um, pretty big names by the standard of the day uh, Chris Ruger, uh, this you know uh, quite a humble sort of player uh, and I think that kind of sums up what can happen in the in the UEFA Cup slash Europa yes, League right? that's, that, you know that's fair uh, enough no, we saw with uh, with Middlesbrough and with Fulham both getting to the final you know a, a smaller English club getting to a European final is a pretty amazing thing and everyone can get on board with that I just think the idea of Chris Riggott playing in a major European final against a really good team—you know, that Sevilla team, as we know, were a very strong side—it's really good. You know, he scored in the semi-final, one of the two the two comebacks I had. And I think we're going to come on to one of the other players from that team. I suspect a bit later, yeah, off, maybe if definitely. Jack's happy with the with the cut off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just feels it just feels right to have someone like that in there. I don't think you want the whole team to be full of players who played in the competition once and then didn't ever do anything in Europe again. But no, I think it kind of like the European offers the opportunity for other players to play in Europe. No, and this is fine.
2: This is all very spirited. It's a, a very a nice spirited way to get case get you put forward. Like no, I'm, I'm charmed by the case, the spirited case that you put forward. Um, the only thing is, I, I feel like I want to keep my Chris Riggott powder dry for perhaps uh, late 2022 when we finally get round to doing the um, slightly ill-advisedly um, predicted to be England's World Cup squad in 10 years' time, 11. <laughs> and uh, Riggott is definitely a cornerstone of that. So he's not in, but I do like the case. May, um, may I suggest you...
3: another Chris? Yes. This is this is the time I'm going to play my other Chris card. What about Chris Smalling? Fulham's famous run, 2010. Manchester United's triumph in 2017. And then went to Roma and played a bit more Europa League under very different circumstances. He's the only Englishman I've considered in the course of this. But he has a kind of... He's obviously... Like, the fact that he's a good player who's not good enough for the Champions League really to me that makes him James is putting a face but no, I I think I, you, I think you're kind of right I have I'm, smalling by, with Gary at center back
1: by most measures he kind of he kind of fits but I think the fact that he's like a kind of been a regular england, england international yeah. it sort of makes him feel a bit too mainstream I don't much. want to waste like my england base.
3: card on Chris Smalling yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to waste my used to play for Maidstone card either. <laughs> but here we are. Fine. But, um, well, Louis not going anywhere
2: because any self-respecting team at any level needs a big dome-headed center half who's a goal threat at, at set pieces. So Louis staying. Um Garay's spell at Zenit really does give him the edge. Final shout goes to William Giles, uh, similar to your rigot Shout, James! He says Daniel Caruso was Reading's yes. big January <laughs> signing when they got promoted in 2013. Played for 87 minutes in total, loaned out to Sevilla, then wins Europa League three times in a row. <laughs> um, not not high enough in my consciousness, or the mainstream yeah. consciousness for me. But, but but I but I really did appreciate the trajectory. So perhaps on our bench, so our defence, which may be, um, may be amended later, is Victor Moses at right back, Razvan Ratz at left back, and a centre half partnership of Bluzau.
0: courtside seats to an nba game and more head over to michelobeultra.com slash courtside to learn more
2: Right, midfield—a huge task ahead of us. This is going to be the bulk of this podcast, I fear. Um, James, Michael AFC just simply says eleven <laughs> Ever
1: benegas <laughs> Ever of the five midfielders, I've written down his so name. Europa. His name is first. He's incredibly Europa.
3: I mean, I couldn't yeah. tell you. He's the king of the Europa. I, I mm. couldn't
1: tell you how many of those severe teams he was in, but I suspect it was probably that was three. several sev- three. Was it? Yeah. I mean, that's forever definitely got a bit, I, mean, I He feels like one of those players who is just kind of. Bubbling under below elite level, which is obviously incredibly Europa League. I I just you know, he's one of those players you just you see play every now and then, and he's not actually that great. (laughs) He's obviously not rubbish. Yeah, like you kind of feel if he went to the Premier League, he'd be going to. You know, he'd be going to like West Ham or somewhere, or, or, or maybe Everton when they're not in a not having a great time of it. I, and I just, he had a kind of he had a kind of Europa League level kind of scandal, didn't he, Jack? With some sort of
2: webcam situation, I believe. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that. Yeah, that's very yeah. Europa
3: League behaviour, isn't it? it? Is, so yeah. yeah, if he, if, he, if he even needed cementing, there it is. He had that kind of. So he was the, literally the first name on my team sheet for those three three wins for Sevilla, but he has a kind of like throwback energy as well. Like he's obviously not he's not as good as a Raquel mate, but he has that kind of like old fashioned Argentine midfielder who is incredibly skillful and uh very clever but doesn't really run much and doesn't really you know, has a kind of like Paul Skull's approach to tackling, which makes him a really great player to watch on T V and really fun to get behind but he's obviously uh, you know very very far removed from what we expect from midfield the kind of like superman uh, super soldier robot Kevin mm. de bruyne type player
2: yeah no i'm very happy with that that's a shoe in for me so we've only got two slots left in our midfield but so many Europa League sub-genres to cover here, James. First of all, well, no, specifically, uh, Ross Quinn says João Moutinho has to be in there. A top-quality player, but half his appearances in European competition were in the second tier. I haven't checked this, obviously, but it sounds definitive. Uh, We can't have one or the other. We pretty much have to have him, don't we?
3: Yeah, I've definitely got Moutinho in my team. He was the second name in my midfield. I think he's just always been at that level, like he's a very good player. But the the fact that he was one of the Monaco players who didn't get signed... He was the only man left in Monaco after they reached the semi-finals of the Champions League in 2017. Sporting Porto, Porto, Monaco Wolves is a great Europa CV. It's also quite an interesting story in itself about you know where the money for George Mendes' players goes nowadays. He was also in that Porto team that won it in 2011, which I think is probably the only time that he has won this competition. And while you know Falcao and James Rodriguez from that team went off to go and be big stars, Moutinho didn't quite. And he's also just got that kind of Europa technical skill and awareness and intelligence, married with not an awful louse. And playing at yeah, cool. the Wolves as well as kind of
2: an elder yeah, statesman, a kind of yeah, yeah. I can guide it's you through move. this jungle kind he, of
1: guy. He does play in that kind of quite relaxed sort of way that does feel very sort of Europa League, doesn't it? He's kind yeah. of like like not quite the like, the intensity or the pressure of like a big Champions League night, but you know. To kind of spray a few passes around. I think yeah. Yeah, he, he's that sort of... And as as you say, the fact that he's been like the guy who's been left behind effectively twice, really, that probably says it all, doesn't it? Definitive.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, that's very much the the core of what we're talking about, isn't it here? Not being considered good enough until it's too late. I want to deal with some more specific names here, James. Stefan and Beer.
3: QPR legend.
2: Oh, well, yes. Well, um, I don't know if that's a feather in his cap or not.
1: Uh, Yevhen Konoplyanka. Oh, yeah. He, I yeah. Mean, he's definitely, he definitely has some good contention, doesn't he? And again, mm. you know, having, having talked about the players that were constantly linked with the Premier League, he, he definitely ticks that box. I'm going to provisionally put him, but we, we, we really do have a, other little furrows to plough. Well, um, one of the players I was going to mention was Marek Hamzik, who uh, maybe, like, I, I, I can see Jack kind of shaking his head a little bit like he thinks he's a Champions League player, but I think actually he played way more games in the Europa League than he did in the Champions League. I mean, obviously, he was at Napoli for sort of a decade or so. And he just has that kind of slight, uh, obviously, in terms of his image and the way he plays, a little bit of eccentricity, and that kind of feels incredibly Europa League to me. Okay. yeah, I, I Just a little too CL for me, I would say.
2: And also, one relatively one club man that is in, in a European that is context, so in a European competition context, at least. Some more names to throw at you. Nathan Slingsby says, Atiba Hutchinson. Oh, yes, Atiba Hutchinson. Incredibly <laughs> Europa.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't know. You need to know who he plays for. He didn't even know what country Besiktas. he represents. He's, he's, he's Europa. Canada. Mm. He's a. He was like a big star at Besiktas when Bilic was manager, and he would. I actually would have seen. I think I would have seen him in my favourite Europa League man, memory as a journalist, which was when Tottenham lost one 0 at the Atatürk Stadium, which Besiktas were playing in, while the what's now called the Vodafone Arena was being built. And so Pochettino took a pretty shit team over there with like Kabul and all the players he didn't fancy anymore. And they lost 1-0 and because the Ataturk is kind of falling apart a bit, the, the floodlights kept going off. And so the Spurs players have to keep like going back into the dressing room while they found, you know, put some more coins in the meter to put the floodlights back on at the Ataturk. And I'm pretty sure it's H- it was like a classic Europa League experience. And I'm mm. pretty sure it was Heba Hutchinson was playing that day for Bishop Class. Quite like the idea of that.
2: Other ones Charlie Jones says the Europa League is the only competition that Ike Munayin has ever played in.
1: <laughs> nice <laughs>
2: touch. Um, we're, we're well stocked for our kind of um, scheming Iberian well, Yeah, I was going to say
1: Miguel Veloso was the other one I was going to mention as oh, well. Yes. He feels incredibly yes. uh, you know, cup slash Europa League.
2: In a similar vein, Rhys Jones says, Borja Valero. I feel like I've never seen Valero play in a Spain shirt but he must live in who scores Europa League team of the week forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. We're basically on the same theme here. Greaves Bell 14 says so Joan Gouffran. Is he the Newcastle one?
3: Gokhuf is the be- is the good one. Mm. Gokuf was the guy who played for Lyon and Milan and mm. Bordeaux he was brilliant when Bordeaux won Ligue 1 in like yeah. 2008 or 9 ish he was like a YouTube he sensation feel, he doesn't feel
1: like, like a Europa League ago. player he feels like a sort of a, a, short, a short-lived Champions League player who then just completely went off radar yeah. right we, also, we
2: can save him for our Eurosport Eurogoals 11, I think, as well. <laughs> yeah. James, I don't want either of these players in my team, but I do want the definitive take from you about
1: who is more Europa. Eric Lamella or Nasser Chadli? Eric Lamella, 100%. Okay,
2: quite
1: uh, uh, um, He was the only Spurs player I was going to be willing to talk about. I mean, just yeah. just for the rub, He's yeah, an incredible Europa League... Uh, he's just a Europa League icon.
2: Okay. Um, final random shout from our listeners. Henry Worth says, Mehmet Topal, Yes, I know... Less than zero about, and even, yet he still
1: bleeds Europa League to me. Even less than Atiba Hutchinson. I reckon he could have played against Manchester United in European competition like 50 times, yeah. which I suppose actually maybe means he's a Champions League player more than a mm. Europa League player.
2: Yeah, very possibly. Um, I think Fenerbahce um, stalwart. So we have two slots nailed down. Yevhen Konoplyanka is clinging on by his fingernails for the third slot. But I offer you this situation Eastern European based Brazilians with squad numbers between 80 and 99 <laughs> we have to have one yes. we have to have one flash 1985 Jack says Tyson should represent the mandatory Brazilian that appears in Eastern European teams that's a good start Samuel dustow says if it's not Alan from Braga we riot that's a step up I'm I'm more tempted by him so how do you feel about how do you feel about Alan from Braga first
3: of all isn't that now Alan Everton no that's different no, Alan. No, it's it's a different, different Alan yeah I remember being a Europa League game at City where I think Allen was Playing for maybe for RB Salzburg or something, and he was cheered onto the pitch. I think it was like everyone thought it was hilarious. to have a player called Alan. Yeah, I reckon Alan. I need to figure out. I need to figure out. I need to tell one Alan from the other. I'm getting I've confused. I've gone off Konoplyanka completely. We no, in the front three, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Konoplyanka would be more of a sort of attacking player.
3: The only way to really
2: decide this, because I mean, Alan seems definitive, James, but perhaps not quite. But Ross Tyson has taken us down the avenue. Perhaps we need to go down. He says, "I'm sure this is breaking the rules, but can you just include a generic first name which covers every." <laughs> Brazilian genuinely (laughs) who plays as an attacking midfielder and takes every set piece for an Eastern European team. How could we do that? How could we pick a name that kind of just fits? Well, I offer you in front of me I have the entire list of characters from board game Guess Who? (laughs) All I want you to do is give me a number between 1 and 24 please. 13. Herman. Herman. That's perfect. That is perfect. I mean I feel we're going to have to explain it whenever I visualise this team but I like Herman. Herman or Alan? (laughs) What, what? It's Alan, isn't it? Let's keep Alan. Yeah, it's get, too get, much of a the silly gimmick. Player. It was good fun to do it, but we're not going to use it for the purposes of our team. So, our midfield trio Ever Benega, Jao Matinho, and Alan, the Braga one.
1: Perfect,
2: perfect. And oh, It is perfect. I'm really happy with that and I'm really happy we didn't go with the banter option either. So, sorry to guess who, but uh, this is serious business. What a team so far. Let's recap. Helton in goal, a back four of Victor Moses, maybe. Razvan Rat, Luisao, Al, Ezekiel Garay, a midfield trio of Eva Benega, Matinho, and. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person Anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: Alan
2: So up front this is the fun bit and perhaps the most clear cut part of our team of all First up, James, Kevin Gamero. Yes. Neil Bates writes in, says, part of that Sevilla team who won it 17 times in a row, then went on to win it with Atletico. I also remember him doing well against English teams and therefore becoming a perennial target for your West Ham's, your Newcastle's and your Everton's. And I have to say, it is astonishing
1: that he didn't play for Everton. All of that really does put him in the sweet spot, doesn't it? And I can't, I mean, he must have played in the Champions League, but I just can't picture it. Do you know what Kevin Camero looks like? Only because I looked at his Wikipedia page in, in, in <laughs> I refuse to do it just so I could keep that going. I, mean, I don't uh, want to ever know what Kevin Camero looks like. How, how, you know, how many caps has he got? He's French, right? How many caps has he got? I mean, I, I just know nothing about him beyond the context of him occasionally turning up, like you know, when I'm checking your own police scores on a Thursday night. He just—that's just where he exists in my mind. Is it thirteen France but, caps? I'm told. I mean. I mean, that's not terrible. They're not short of decent strikers, France, are they? But, you know, cl- clearly not good enough to uh, earn a regular place or get any minutes at any tournament. All so, right, done and dusted. Kevin Gamero, yeah, sorted.
2: Now, Jack, we have a dilemma, which you raised right at the very start, about whether whether we a player can simply be too great to be in this team. But one half of Rimmer writes in and says, Radamel Falcao was banging them in in Europa Leagues for Porto, Monaco, Atletico but feels like he never did anything in the Champions League. I have not fact-checked this. Why would I? Neither have I. <laughs> it does feel a little harsh.
3: That's true, though. That That is true. Falcao doesn't really have much of a record in the Champions League. And he, he went, like, a bizarrely long period of time without playing in the Champions League. Like, even dur- you know during time in which he was transferred for huge amounts of money from Porto to Atletico to Monaco. Uh, but didn't play in the Champions League for years and years. Then by the time he did, when he was at sort of Chelsea, Man United, he wasn't quite the same player. But my I, I, my 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 own personal opinion is that Falcao is just too good a player to be in this team, and too famous a player, even though he does tick a lot of boxes. I think Gomero is our number nine.
1: Yeah, I think I think there are better options. Yeah, Oscar Cardozo's, oh. uh, Carlos Bacca as well. I thought was Carlos another one. Backer, I mean, I yeah. Again, I know we don't. Bacca go and Gomero are the
3: two classic. Classic Europa number nines, not Falcao.
1: I don't want to sound right. like you know some sort of football hipster proto Tifo football guy but I-, I was incredibly excited about Oscar Cardozo right.
3: in that Benfica team. Do you not remember?
1: Really he was good in on that... football, I yeah. He was in the I, team I, with like. I'm so guess... embarrassed
3: to say this, but he was really good on football manager.
1: Yeah, yeah, but that'd be exactly why, right? And he was in the team with you know De Maria and I think Ramirez is. That, that was that team. a great and team, a really yeah, good David team, Luiz, but they didn't win it, did they?
3: David Luiz, Dimaria, yeah, Ramirez, uh, Cardozo, Ramirez, uh, Pereira, Gaetan.
1: Oh, Gaetan should be in this, by the way.
3: Gaitan, yeah. yeah. Um, um, of guys, We do okay. pe- every they, single one of the 11s we've done. Get, no <laughs> okay, fine,
1: okay, fine,
3: fine, fine. Didn't they get hammered by Liverpool in the quarters in 2010? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think. Yeah. After
1: I, they beat Everton uh, though. Did they beat Everton? But they had,
3: yeah. But they had, they had basically a really good player in every position. Yeah, good team. Um, who went on to be really good players over the next 10 years. Yeah. So Oscar Cardozo, uh,
2: instead of Carlos Bacca you gonna. I want you to choose one of them. You can't have both. I feel like Cardoso or Backer must have won it a couple of times. So I guess it probably should be him. Okay. So our front line so far: Kevin Gamero, a shoe in. Carlos Backer um, fiercely fought for over um, the heavyweight Radamel Falcao, who I feel sad to lose. I have to say, but I I feel like I stamped my authority over these elevens too much, so I'm going to let it slide. So I want a kind of slightly wild card option, maybe not quite as cemented. Okay, and so I uh,
3: I really want a Konoplyanka. I think Konoplyanka is classic because he was a star of both Dnipro and Dnipro Petrov's run to the 2015 final. And then the classic, if you can't be in a beat em join and move, went to Sevilla and then was part of the Sevilla team that won it in 2016. All right, then. And also what I like about Konoplyanka is how, like a lot of these guys, he was always linked with, say, West Ham and Newcastle. While Andrei Yarmolenko went to West Ham and basically gave the magic away. Mm. You know, he was, he was stopped is, being an exotic yeah, player, Malenko, and you see him on telly playing for West Ham getting shouted out by West Ham fans every week. But Knoply Anchor, because I think he went went, went to Sh- uh, Schalke and now at Shakhtar, he has retained that exotic magic that he first had when we saw him in Euro 2012. So You are 100% correct. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely right. However, Bang on. Well however, explained.
1: However, I put it to you that a player who became uh, a global superstar and the most coveted player in Europe on the basis largely of uh, a run in the Europa League. Or actually UEFA Cup, I think it was, but it still counts by my metric. Uh, and also, you know, playing well in Euro 2008, fine. But André Arshavin, I mean, he like, he completely catapulted himself into a different stratosphere in that run with Zenit in 2008. Uh, and like, everybody wanted to sign him. And I know, you know, Euro 2008 was part of that too. But he was just, ma- he was just massive. We're going to uh, have so many people pointing out that
2: this is pre-Europa, aren't we? Oh, come
1: on, come on.
2: If he doesn't span, if he doesn't span the transition, I'm okay, not interested.
1: i not OK, I'll give you discounting that on the basis that you probably didn't play in the okay. Europa well, Maybe he did, but fine. Fine. Mm, there'll be a space for Arshav in here somewhere. Um, uh, we need more
3: names. Um, Chourezma. Ricardo Chourezma. Like, class- played for tons of Europa League teams. Played for Besiktas multiple times. Uh, Porto, Barcelona, Chelsea, all sorts. Also, he had like a mad Europa League style, like, uh, you know, hitting those ridiculous outside-of-the-boot yes, shots. the Trivilla, yes. Um, and I think he, he represents some of the kind of unseriousness of the Europa League. Mm. Another one who I think is maybe slightly out of our time span, but Simao, who was definitely part of that Benfica team yeah, we talked yeah, about. I knew earlier. you were going to say that. And I think Simao might have... Did he, was, was he part of the Atletico team that won in like 2010, 2011, 2012? Possibly. Simao? I mean, the other one we've not talked about yet,
1: obviously, is uh, Jose Antonio Reyes, who won it five times, which, you know, it's pretty good going, isn't it? Mm, the, five. the record holder. A lot.
2: That's a lot. I mean, we're going to be castigated for not including him. I mean, he um, basically
1: has to be in, really, doesn't he? I mean, five.
2: I know, but there are also, there's some fun options as well. I mean, there's Wagner Love. Why have you <laughs> you mentioned Wagner Love? Uh, uh, See, uh, look at your little faces.
1: <laughs> I think mo- <laughs> most of his uh, good work in uh, Europe's secondary
3: competition probably was UEFA Cup era, wasn't it? Oh, fair enough. If we've been okay, Simao did win it with Atletico in 2010. No, oh, okay. before going um, to Besiktas.
2: Um, we may be troubled by the uh, the UEFA Europa cutoff here as well with Massimo Macaroni, who we said we would we would visit eventually. Or, or that that was a good shout from Conor O'Keefe straight away. You also haven't mentioned the joint third top scorer in Europa League history slash UEFA Cup,
3: Luis Adriano,
2: Aritz Adjuriz Oh, oh wow, ah, yeah. I don't really feel massively passionate about him, I have to say.
1: Oh. I feel like he might be one for the younger generation. He's too current for us Andrews. to get excited about, probably.
2: OK, so if we are going to get tactical and we don't want three pure strikers, we've got Camero, we've got Baka, who is our wide man? We've got Kanoplianka, Jack has made a very, very spirited shout for Quaresma. But Jack mentions Ricardo Quaresma on every single pod appearance he makes. So I prefer uh,
3: Canoplianka to Quaresma in this context,
1: uh,
2: I James. Think, if you can, can't think of a better name, Canoplianka. I know Canoplianka. Oh,
1: no, Canoplianka. Canoplianka. I think, is definitely a perfect shout for this team. Okay.
2: okay, so let's run through our team. I feel like we may have nailed this, or at least ninety percent of it. I'm really happy with this. So in goal, Helton of Porto. A back four of Victor Moses at right back.
1: In defence, we have Victor Moses at right back. Uh, well, uh, sorry, I know you were kicking off about that before, Adam. Uh, and, and I have, did have a name written down for a midfielder who I know has played at right back, but not necessarily enjoyed it. But has played loads in the Europa League in the last few years. Um, so Arsenal's last few years in the Europa League, they've played a lot of like young academy players, uh, which has been something they've done well. And Ainsley Maitland-Niles oh. has pl- started 39 games in the Premier League in the last four seasons for Arsenal and 22 in the Europa League, which is quite the ratio. He's an incredibly Europa League player uh, and, and, and versatile too. So, you know, I don't know. M- maybe he's a more suitable option for right back than Victor uh, Moses.
2: Yeah, maybe. Maybe he represents the kind of big club giving their fringe players a chance in unfamiliar positions just to, just to get the
3: game completed, Jack. How do you feel? Well, that, James bringing up Arsenal, Europa League level Arsenal right backs just made me think kind of overwhelmingly of Mathieu Debushi. Lille, <laughs> Newcastle, Arsenal oh, failed no. transfer to Man United he's very Europa League we he wasn't aren't clearing quite, he's also one of the slowest players I've ever seen play in a football league I remember <laughs> seeing him play for Arsenal against Cologne I think it was Cologne away maybe mm. 2016 in the Europa League and he was trying to play at right wing back and he was so slow that he couldn't do it and I think they had to move him to right centre back and put Callum Chambers at right wing back instead because Debussy was just too slow do you know what? I've weighed it all up and I'm actually happy with Victor Moses. <laughs> and just
1: cut all of that out and pretend it never happened. Yeah. So no,
2: our back human, four, after cold. all of that, is Victor Moses, Razvan Rat, Louis and Ezekiel Garay. A, that's a brilliant back four. I'm really happy with that. Great balance, great pedigree, experience, physical right. presence, attacking intent. Love it. Midfield three of Eva Benega, Jao Matinho, and Allen. All the boxes ticked, all of them, schemers, winners, experience, um, people you get mixed up with other people, Brazilians with one name, Braga, done. Fantastic, really happy with that, didn't even have to get Eric Lamella in either. And a surprisingly controversial front line of Kevin Gimero, Carlos Baca... And Yevhen Konoplyanka. Those he three is going to get into one of these teams eventually, and here he is. Those
1: three could easily have just played together in one game, right? I'm, yes. I'm sure, I'm certain and of it. must
2: have done. And, and that, that I say, is the rubber stamp for that front line. <laughs> Very good call. Very good call indeed. Um, bit of a formality, really. But our manager is Unai Emery, right?
1: Yeah.
2: There's, there really is no escape. Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? Um, but what about our venue for our dream final? Where are this lot going to be lifting the trophy in year 20-something or other?
3: Vote uh, for, for an arena has play in Istanbul.
2: Interesting.
1: Uh, the Aviva Stadium is quite a good one for this sort of competition, I think, isn't it?
2: <laughs> oh, I do. I mean, had,
1: mm, I I think they, they did. They it, have it. Did. Do they have it actually? oh maybe they did. I don't like they might have. Yeah, it? no, they have the, the, the Porto Braga one in 2012. I think oh, they right. might have had.
3: Yeah, they did. That was at Lansdowne Road. Yeah.
2: Quite like the Vodafone Arena shout, but I also offer Olympic Stadium, Baku. Yeah. <laughs> Baku's very Europa League as a city. Yeah, it is. Happy with that? <laughs> you clearly
3: are.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> what a, well, fantastic! Um, this wasn't too niche. I feel like this is this is really this is probably one of the the most tidiest explained teams we've ever had on the Football Cliches podcast. I'm so happy we've done it. Um, I hope everyone's looking forward to another fascinating campaign or half watching another fascinating campaign of Europa League action. Um, we might do the Europa Conference League eleven next next year. Let's see how that goes. Thanks to you, James, for joining us. Thanks, Adam. And thanks to you, Jack Pitbrook, for joining us too. My pleasure. Hope everyone approves of this team. And uh, if not, uh, I'm sure you'll let us know. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time.
3: The Athletic.